Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again. We're here um, in an interview with Pastor Tad. He's the small groups pastor here at Victory. And thanks for joining us, sir. My pleasure, Avery. Um, I wanted to, I've, I've known you for a few years now, and uh, I think I've even shared with you how, how I'm always impressed at your love for the church as a whole and just how God's been able to use you. Um, so I wanted to invite you to speak to our leaders. This is a, an interview that goes out to all of our department heads up at Hamilton Mill, and I wanted to invite you to speak to them on a very specific topic. Uh, the question I had for you was, uh, from where you sit in the body of Christ, mm -hmm. looking out, what do you think the church needs from its leaders right now? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, let me, if, if I may, let me back up a little bit, because one thing that you said made me think of um, kind of how I got where I am on this journey and about how much I love Jesus' church. It had been several years ago before I was at Victory. Um, I, had, I had a bad experience at a church, and I left the church, and I went to work for another church, but it left a little scar on my heart. And um, I remember sitting on my sofa and talking to the Lord about the uh, disappointment with his church and how much um, I was kind of bitter at church. And, um, you know, you get in those conversations with the Lord, and he said, this is what he said to me. He said, Tad, but it's my church. Hmm. And she's my bride, and I'll take care of her. But your job is to love her like I love her. That's good. And that's what changed my life, and that's what kind of changed my perspective, and that's why I want to do whatever I can is because I want people to love my bride as much as I love her. Right. <laughs> Does that right. make sense? And how much more should I love Jesus' bride um, because he loves her? And so um, I think the challenge that we have is trying to distinguish between working in church and serving his church um, and seeing the church as his bride. You know, um, I'm constantly reminded and remind myself of Revelation where it talks about the church being the bride and the yeah. bride makes herself ready and things like that. So um, he loves his bride dearly. And so my job as a pastor is to love her and to help her get the wrinkles out. Mm. And uh, so um, that's why I do what I do. Now, to answer your question specifically, what does the church need from its leaders? Um, I think the first thing I would say would be a passion for the church as a whole. Okay. Um, not for your ministry, but the whole body, because it's not just Victory World Church or it's not just uh, Free Chapel or uh, uh, Hamilton Mill or uh, whatever, Gateway. It's all of them work together. And when we read Ephesians where it talks about how that when each part does its part, then that causes the body to grow. Yeah. We have to see ourselves as the body around the world, not just um, our local expression of his church or even the ministry that's a local expression or specialized if you will you know the body has certain organs that does certain things but it still has to work in conjunction with the health of the whole body and we have to see that and uh, another thing that I think of is we need to see um, I think the church needs to see its leaders be consistent uh, and faithful um, and when I say consistent, you know, uh, uh, another word that I would think of would be, that I think that there's a sense of purity. Remember um, when Jesus sees Philip, 
he tells him that he saw him kind of in a vision sitting under a tree. Right. And he says, you're a person with no guile. And I think that that, um, that the church needs to see its leaders have no guile. Um, you know, I I've, have been at various events or whatnot, and you hear pastors, and you hear them say things that they shouldn't say. And, um, you know, you think, okay, I understand that you're human, but I also know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. And so how are we removing the guile? How are we keeping our hearts pure? Because purity isn't just about not looking at porn or watching bad movies or TV shows, right? right. Purity is about, is there a love for the Word? Is there a love for the things that God loves and hates the things that He hates? Um, so th- that would be what I would say. The, the simplicity of following Jesus and the purity of that, that consistency in that. And, uh, and keeping our hearts pure. That's so good. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that. So we love the Lord and then seek Him with purity. Right. You know, it seems simple, but we have to be reminded right. from time to time that it really is that simple. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of is. what, I, I love that, that that's what the church needs from its leaders right, right now. Mm-hmm. In the conversations that you're having with leaders, what do you see, or what are what are you hearing as some of the common struggles uh, that 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 are out there? Hmm. You know, I think a, a lot of times leaders are struggling with just the idea of how to improve their leadership, and I think that's great. I, I think that we all need to be um, improving our leadership, and you know, that's so vague, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, because as a small group pastor, the things that I need to develop as a leader are different than the things that you need to do, right? Um, I remember that uh, the Lord challenged me one time. I was at a conference, and um, and He said, "Tad, pastors are leaders, but leaders aren't pastors." And wow. so, um, I need to be a pastor who's developing my leadership skills, but I don't need to be a leader who's developing my pastoring skills. I need to be a pastor, right. and then learn how to be a better leader. So, um, keeping my leadership in the context of that I'm a pastor first is. Um, I think probably one of the bigger challenges of, of leaders right now is because if you can lead, you know, I, I, maybe this is judgmental, I don't know, but I wonder how many pastors there are that are really just leaders and they found an audience and so they became pastors. Right. And uh, I think that's a dangerous place and I think that that's why uh, we have uh, some of the scenarios that we have in the church where there's, you know, Jesus kind of gets a black eye, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were leaders and not pastors to begin with. So what about some of the people that are that are listening to this that are leaders? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, we we speak to our leaders and tell them mm-hmm. you're the you're the pastors on the ground. Right. You're the you're the under shepherds. Right. You're, you're the ones taking care of the flock outside of Sunday. Right. Especially in a small group sure. uh, context. Mm-hmm. What how how do they glean from that? Well, um, I th- I think this is what I would say to that is remember that discipleship trumps leadership every time because Jesus didn't tell us to go and make leaders. He said, go and make disciples. Now I do see the word disciple and leader as synonyms, mm-hmm. but I think there's something about being a disciple that is a little bit, has a higher uh, calling to it, if you will, or a little bit uh, has more depth of meaning to it because of the idea of, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're a pastor, but if you're a pastor, it doesn't mean you're a leader. So if, especially if you're leading like in a small group environment or you're an under shepherd or something like that, remember that um, 
discipleship trumps leadership. So just because you can make a good leadership decision doesn't mean you made a good discipleship li- mm. and uh, uh, decision. And Bill Hybels actually wrote a book called about, uh, I think the title of it was something like When Discipleship and Leadership Collide or something like that. Okay. Um, and the idea how Jesus, and Pastor Dennis alludes to this a lot, the idea of Jesus says, um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to be a part of me, then you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right, right. right. So leadership says... You do everything to get people around you because that includes, increases your influence. Mm-hmm. But discipleship says, look, you got to fish or cut bait, mm. right? So I, th- I think that's the idea is yeah. that discipleship trumps leadership. So in the context that you live in, in a small group context, very close to uh, you know, a department context, what are the nitty-gritty differences in discipleship and leadership in, in, in those environments? Oh, wow. Um, I think that there's a, there should be a greater intentionality of finding out where people are. That's because good. it really is just discipleship. Right. Um, Jesus, when he discipled, he's taking the disciples, they're walking down the road, and he's like, look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the air, and real life, everyday life becomes a part of the story, mm-hmm. and it becomes a part of the the um, mentoring, if you will, the discipleship process, where leadership can oftentimes be this, hey, go do this, do it mm-hmm. better, right? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take into account where the other person might be in their life, because I can tell them to be a better leader, but it doesn't have any... A bearing on whether they've, uh, you know, gone through something, an argument with their spouse or, or difficulty with their children. But if I'm discipling them, that's a part of their story. Yeah. So it's a part of the discipleship process. And I owe it to them to learn those things yeah. so that I can include it in the journey that we're going on. That's good. So leadership is saying, hey, this is when we show up. Go do this and this and this. And this but is this, how you can do it better. And this is how you do it better, more more, more efficient. Right. <clears throat> but maybe discipleship is kind of what, what, how you said it. It's finding out where you are mm-hmm. and going on that journey with them. Right. That, that that's doesn't that take longer? It takes a lot longer. <laughs> and, it, and I would say it's also a much more difficult task. Mm. Is because first off, it takes emotional energy from you. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know if you've heard me talk about the model that we use for small groups, but I say that as you're rounding the bases, the closer you get to home, the more risk it takes. Mm. Because you as a leader are having to invest time and energy and emotional energy into people that you have no guarantee what the outcome is going to look like. Right. In, in basic leadership, you can say something like, hey, go do this, do it better, and if you don't, then I can find somebody else to True. do it. Right? True. A stronger leader, a more effective or efficient mm-hmm. leader, somebody who has greater influence or can figure out how to get the job done. And, um, you know, so I think that's where kind of discipleship and leadership would, you know, would separate. That's a, I, I don't think I've heard a more clear difference in the two, you know, intentionality. Right. And it is longer. It's, it's, longer. it's hard energy. Well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks I, for asking me. I appreciate it. Um, hopefully... Uh, something that uh, Pastor Tad has said, something the Holy Spirit has said, helps you guys. Remember, these are always completely unscripted. Uh, I don't know what he's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask. He doesn't know what he's going to say. <laughs> this is true. And we just let Jesus talk. So hopefully something um, in this helps you, and it helps you to lead like Jesus. Mm, that's good. 